1: Welcome, friends, to a very special episode of Waypoint Radio. I am so excited. I am not in a bunker. I am in a control room. And I am here with a couple of my best friends. I'm also here with a very special guest. I'm going to let my special guest go first. I am here... And so is Adam Conover. Hello.
0: <laughs> that was a very weighty intro. Yeah, heavy stuff. I yeah. wanted
1: to, to dig in. I, I want you to ruin Waypoint Radio today, Adam. <laughs> I want you to ruin it for us. No, please. I want to
2: come and help out.
1: Oh, but that's oh. You on
2: your show anyway. You mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ruin things. You're trying to help yeah, out. Yeah, right? you're we,
1: actually helping. We yeah,
0: the ruin is a little bit of a superficial promise on Adam ruins everything, and instead, you know, at the end, we tell you why all the horrible facts you learned actually give you more power and efficacy and and happiness in the in the world. But, um, let's see. I, I don't know. What's it, wow, What could I do about waypoint? I mean, in the past I would have talked about vice's labor policies, but we were just talking about how you guys are organized now That's and true. you just had a contract yes. negotiation that, and it sounded like it went well. So I can't talk about, I can't talk about that. Um, I don't know. You guys should have a real podcast studio. <laughs> that would be
3: sick. I that know, would like, be really tight.
0: That I'm would be not great. upset about not having it, but this is, I mean, this is totally We're fine. We're
2: entertainment. You have water. You have never. You guys been only record eight or
0: nine podcasts a week. <laughs> That's
2: all. That's it. <laughs> something like that. Something like that. Well, you know, we'll pass those words up <laughs> to the
1: higher ups. I guess. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, it would be like, excuse me, we had a very important TV man. <laughs> He was here today in our control room, and he said we need a real podcast studio. Yeah, you're the only one with the clout
4: to get us there. Honestly, honestly, all
0: you need is a small room yeah. <laughs> with a table That's and true. three microphones. That's
1: it. It's true. I tried to talk to my students today uh, in a crawl space, so that was that was going well. I I should probably introduce also. I was so I was so excited to have you here, Adam. But I'm also excited to be here, of course, with Austin. Hey, and Natalie. Hi, and uh, yeah, this is our Friday show. So we're going to have fun.
2: Yeah. We dig deep on Fridays. We go deep dives. People are – well, also
0: people are listening to this one all through the weekend. That's When I listen to the show, which I do since the last time I was on – Since the last time I was on, I've started listening extremely regularly, and I need the Friday show to get me through all my weekend chores. And so it's very important that episode – be meaty but also very long
2: right? <laughs> yes. well, take that note take a note Kato take a note yep. longer on Fridays That's Adam ruins- <laughs> I, got,
0: yeah. I, got, I got three days of dishes to get through and I, I know I'm not getting a new podcast till Monday So perfect.
1: Yeah. how do you so uh, this is a real genuine question yeah I have a hard time listening to podcasts while I do dishes because mm. I get into like a zen state when I do dishes and I'm not listening anymore oh. I'm just sort of like dealing with math problems and also the problems of the universe and, and all these big questions in my head and I'm just sort of like, wow, well, wouldn't it be amazing if I did this with my life? And then uh, 10 minutes of the podcast, it's just, it happened and I don't know what it was.
0: Well, partially what I'd say is that's why this, this format of podcast is good for that because a chat show where people are chatting you can one of the advantages is you can tune out and then tune back in yeah which is not to
2: say that it's you know you're telling people to stop listening to our show (laughs) i
0: get it i get it you just get get it you get the thread you know what i mean um whereas with an audiobook for instance like narrative fiction in an audiobook is the kind of thing where once you're gone for a second then you've lost it forever and you're never going to find out where are they now so uh that's part part of why i think it works but also i don't um, do you find that you, cause you're an athlete, yes. right? And it so, is true. True listener. <laughs> true listener status. Yeah, he really wow. does listen. Proof. He really, really does. I really do listen. I know a lot. I heard about Nally and Hollow Knight. I know. <laughs> well, I I got to play Battletech. You I, haven't play B- Battle B- I haven't played okay. Battletech. I haven't played Battletech because I've just got my PC rig all set up again. Yeah. Okay. Nice I know that. I know about how much Danielle's been playing Into the Breach last year. I'm <laughs> yes. up to speed on almost everything. Check. Every box. <laughs> 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 but um, so I've always felt something that distinguished me from athletes. I thought is because I like to exercise, but I know that, for instance, like distance runners clear their minds. Right. And they're just like a column of air and motion. Right. <laughs> wow. Like, that, that's something that I read once, like like elite distance runners. Right. And, and do you have that experience when you do tasks? Do you do you like does your brain? She is a distance runner. I that am. is the sport she was. That is the thing I, I was know the about captain you know. of
1: my cross country team really? in college. Yes. So did yes. you
0: have that experience?
1: Sometimes if you really get in the zone, mm-hmm. it is like that. Yeah. But on most of your training runs, you know, you're not racing other people. It is definitely like, oh, my God, does this person like me or what's actually <laughs> going on? And oh, my I I can't believe I, I spat up on my cool so, racing bib. That's terrible. <laughs>
0: so I, My brain almost never does that. Okay. And so I am always looking to have my mind be actively engaged. And that's mm. like how I relax. So, like, I can't really ever do one thing at a time and like i like the idea of meditating <laughs> and <laughs> sounds this is, nice this is true i spend instead of meditating i listen to like um like dharma talks by like mm. people who t- to teach you how to meditate but they're just like talking about the principles but i <laughs> never can actually meditate like the actual practice of doing just right. one thing i can i can almost never have patience for. So that's one of the things that podcasts are important for For me is I never get to a Zen state. I need the companionship. Mm. How do you sleep?
2: Because. <laughs> <laughs> True question. Like a baby. Big same. Okay, well, good. No, I'm going the other way with it, which is that like, for me, I want that. I can't sleep until it feels like I have been tuckered all the way out. I need yeah. my brain to have been complete, to have hit empty for yeah. me to actually fall asleep. Because like you, I just always go in. It's just yeah. I need input all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. It's a tough one. I've, uh, uh, uh I, you know, I used to have
0: more trouble sleeping when I was younger and when I took more prescription stimulants. Um, sure. But sure. now, uh, now I am usually. So exhausted that I go to sleep. That just, I just it does happen for me. So press tours is the what is the way? To do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> press tours. is Produces
2: Produces shooting four t- different things. Shooting yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. a TV show for for fourteen to sixteen hours a day um, will make you go to sleep. Uh, <laughs> uh, like sounds a baby. great. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, sounds great. They'll move us into a TV studio next. They'll put us on a corner. <laughs> 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 That'll be great.
1: <laughs> you just curl up there. Yeah. Oh, you so, know.
2: Speaking of TV stuff, like yeah. what, what are you working on right now? Like, uh, I think we all know about Adam ruins everything, but like, is there anything else that you should be putting on our on our plate? I am –
0: well, let's see. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll talk about this. I have – it was just announced – I'm doing a short season podcast uh, with Starburns Audio and IGN that's awesome. called uh, Humans Who Make Games. And I oh, cool. in, I interviewed a bunch of game developers, um, which was really just my friend who works at Starburns was like, you want? hey, you want to do a podcast? And I was like, hey, I also had this idea that I'd just like to sit down with game developers for a while and talk with them. And I'm not a games media person, so I, don't be mad at
2: me. Now you I'm nervous. now. <laughs> now I'm now nervous. We're competition. Competition. are mad. <laughs> got... Lock the door. Are you guys <laughs> mad that I'm horning in on your, no, 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 on no, your no. world? Anytime anyone is doing anything to shop a light on what the work is that goes into making games. I'm here for it. So that was the goal. Uh, The feed is up.
0: The first episode is not up, but people can go subscribe to it now. I think the first episode comes out the week after this podcast airs. Um, And uh, I wanted to have, like, a long-form personal conversation with game developers because I never felt like we get that, right? Um, We get a lot of – there's so much media that's, like, you know, YouTube – people analyzing, you know, like some British guy talking about why near is great for two hours, right? <laughs> yeah. But then uh-huh. like, where's my two-hour interview with... The developer of Nier and how they, you know, got into uh, and of course, well, I need to speak Japanese, but um, you right. know, a uh, bad example, yes. but um, so I, so on this podcast, I talked with uh, the first episode, I'm talking with Edmund McMillan, I talked with Derek Yu who created Spelunky, nice. um, Christine Love is on it, awesome, um, uh, Justin Ma from uh, Into the and Breach, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> I talked with the folks from Game Devs Unite, uh, that's the name of the organization, yes, right? it is. Yeah. 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 um, uh, Game Workers Unite, uh, Game uh, Workers uh, Unite, yes. so that's Thank not quite you. right, Ga- Game Workers Unite,
3: awesome, um. Emma
0: Emma Kidwell or someone else. Yeah, that was great. Um, And uh, uh, we, uh, yeah, and it's like the it starts from a you know starting point of like what was your childhood like and that sort of thing. And and what is your day to day? And uh, just trying to get that like really personal impression of of what it's uh, of what it was like to create these things because. You know, I mean, I'm a creator. I create comedy, but I'm always like, "What is it like to have a game idea?" Yeah, I've ne- mm-hmm. I've played games forever, but I've never had that Not thing that's inkling. Made- you're never like plus three sorts. Weirdly <laughs> enough, no. Like I, I enjoy. Like I feel like I have a pretty deep knowledge of game design. Even um, like I could talk to you guys for three hours about that kind of thing. But and I listen to podcasts about that kind of thing. But I n- have never been like. Here's what I would do, you know, mm. and then Ben like, OK, let me take the first. And I did that with comedy. Right. I was like watching stand up or watching sketch, watching Mr. Show and then being like, "Ooh, I want to write something. Let me do it at my college, you know. Right. So uh, and then what is that? What is that like day to day? So I think that we did six to eight episodes. I actually forget how many. Um, and uh, those are going to be coming out soon. And so I'm excited about that. And then we'll hopefully we'll do a second season if people if people like it. Um, And then I'm about to go on a tour Cool. Called uh, uh, Mind Parasites Live, which is sort of a combination of stand-up and the informational comedy I do on Adam ruins everything, and it's about it's this co- it's sort of like a weird live psychedelic biology class um, oh. about uh, these like biological parasites that like take over animals' minds, and then also the cultural parasites they're trying to take over our minds. I'm sorry for doing the plugs at the top of the show. No, that's <laughs> what- I
2: like it. Let, let's use those as as seeds for conversation. You <laughs> yes, know? yes,
0: yes. And then of course, Adam ruins everything all the time. In a, in a week, I. On Monday, we start shooting uh, the last round of episodes of the current run, which we've been working on since February of 2018. So it's just, it's very, very long. Yeah. Uh, I didn't
1: realize that, that the season would go year round in such a way. Pretty much. I mean, our show is
0: so time consuming to make um, because we're writing, our last order was 16 episodes and we have to, our show is not just a, you know, three act like sitcom uh, that has a story structure. It is that, but it's also a fully (laughs) researched, you know, like argumentative essay and a sketch comedy show all at the same time. Uh, And then uh, every scene is shot on a different location. So it takes four and a half days to shoot each episode. It's just like, I didn't realize when I created the show, when I created the show, I was just working at College Humor. um, Mm. And I was just a online sketch comedy. And what I was used to doing was pouring all of my time and energy to make every single thing I worked on as good and as big as possible. So everything I worked on had to be good in ten different ways. Yeah. And so when I created yeah. the show, I was like, okay, this can't just be funny. It can't just be informative. It also needs a storyline. It also needs to be really visually fast. Da 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 da. And so that was the pilot, and I didn't realize I was creating what I believe to be the most difficult to produce show on television. <laughs> in, your <laughs> expe- in your experience? Yes, of in my in my experience. Right. Um, but it's like. I mean, people on our set are like, "Holy shit! You guys, you got what are you guys doing here? This is wild!" <laughs> like, we shoot, uh, I, we shoot like ten pages a day, which is a lot. It's <sighs> it's a big show. Um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, and and yeah, we've been uh, the to do sixteen episodes, soup to nuts. Um, I think we'll be done in uh April or May, so that'll have been like over a year to do sixteen episodes.
2: And in the middle of that is when you're touring with. Mind mind parasites. Yes, and uh, and writing the show at the same time, which is a real mistake. I get you, I get oh, how wow. you sleep now. It all makes sense. You yeah. are just exhausted,
0: man. It's really uh, it's it's such a pivot to you guys talk about work life balance on this show, so I feel like I can, but. Um, uh, Like when you work so long in comedy, making no money, working for 10 years and just saying like the way that you do it is say, okay, well, I work my day job. I do freelance and I go out and I do open mics every week, every, every night. Sorry. And so then when someone says, do you want to do a show? You have to say yes. Right. Because you have to take every opportunity that comes your way. So then when I'm working on the TV show and then I'm like, all right, I want to go on tour and I talk to my touring agent and he's like, Hey, this is the best time to tour. And I'm like, well, then I'd have to write the show at the same time that I'm writing the other show. He's like, yeah, but that's the best time to tour. So do you want a tour or not? It's like, <laughs> all right, I guess I guess I will. <laughs> you know? And so it's hard to say no mm, when people yeah. are, you know, uh, uh, putting those opportunities in front of yeah. you. And the only thing you have to mortgage is your own is your own sanity. You know, uh, I. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. I was going to ask, how how do you keep it together when you've got that <laughs> much stuff going on? I mean, like I, I have my own weird opinions on keeping things together while doing Various things.
2: 30 jobs.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: you do so many. You've got like hobbies. <laughs> or, yes. Or like you've got extracurriculars. Hobby jobs. Hobby jobs. Hobby job. No. Hobby job. Job jobs. Job jobbing.
1: You know, yeah. that's that's what we do. But but seriously, like these, these things that you do yeah. are very intensive things. Yeah. That you, yeah. Do. You, you mentioned, you know, it's not just a show. It's seven different types of show in yeah. one. And then yeah. also this other stuff. How do you keep it together? How do you kind of keep yourself from, uh, you know, completely losing your mind and deciding I'm just going to run around naked on set and throw things at people. I don't yeah, know. Not
0: always not always well. I mean like so I've recently started thinking of work differently because people used to say uh I used to feel like hard work was like something that people like did that was like a virtue like oh my gosh look at how much that person is able to work and I wish I could work that much. And now I conceive of it as something that happens to you. Like you get put in a or you put yourself in a situation where you mm. have that much to do mm. and then you just withstand it. Right. <laughs> and so I've been trying to learn how to like take it off of myself. And so it's more that I have to say, okay, it's okay. If I, you know, I had work to do the other day and, and I was like, no, I get to play Return of the Obra Dinn for one hour <laughs> oh yeah yes I, I must I in fact must do that for my own sanity and then I did that and so <laughs> I
2: have to wander around this deserted <laughs> uh, boat filled with <laughs> dead bodies yeah. I must yeah. deduce Am, and self care okay of yeah. all of and by the
0: way I also stream when I uh, twitch.tv slash Adam Conover oh, um,
3: yeah.
0: the true I, plug I, <laughs> I stream when I when I play because it actually Brings me more pleasure uh, because uh, otherwise I'd be like with my girlfriend, like, "Hey, look what happened in the game! It's cool!" <laughs> and she's like, "I don't care." So, <laughs> it's that thing of wanting to experience with other people, yeah. like it fulfills that for me. But also, that makes it a little bit work to be streaming because yep. totally. yeah. then I have to be on. My, I have to be on, and my hair Your hair has, has to be right. Be, yeah. You can't
1: be half asleep or drooling, which you know yeah. are things I may have done on a stream. Yeah. And, and then I find <laughs> myself bargaining
0: with, like, "Well, I really want to play this game tonight, but I don't feel like streaming, so I." guess i won't play it until tomorrow which is so dumb adam let yourself (laughs) play the game just play video
4: games just yeah
0: Yeah, i know i know but video (laughs) games do help because video games uh uh, i can't think about work while i'm playing them because they are completely multimodal like they occupy every Orifice. Excuse <laughs> me. You know, there you are, are some
1: games like that. You know exist? There's no kink our, um, shaming on this show. That's true. That's one of our rules. That is our number one rule. Uh,
2: Let's uh, put on the door of the next podcast studio they give us.
0: No kink shaming Orifices. Yeah. I've got you don't want to use some of my Joy-Cons are just for me. Um, <laughs> okay, so better, I, better. Uh, but yeah, it's like you can't uh it it like I I can't like really ruminate about You my script problem that well and actually streaming even because some games do give you room to do that like if I was playing I was playing a lot of Tetris Effect which I loved but it Mm -hmm. did give me room to do Mm -hmm. that and so then if I was streaming while I was playing Tetris Effect and I was also talking to people it sort of took up that extra brain space that would otherwise be spent on that so
2: uh, games do games do help me uh, a bit. I guess. So you've said Oberdin Tetris Effect. Yes. What else? What else are you playing right now? What are you? What are you? What are you uh, What's on your hit list? Let's see.
0: Um, I. Oh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. I just tried to play Owl Boy and bounced off. Yeah, I had okay. a similar similar feelings with that. A beautiful game. Beautiful. I was like, I get how I'm supposed to like this, but if it had had, I was obsessed with Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight was the most. I'm looking in alley. Um, <laughs> it was Hollow Knight was the most. Uh, consuming, it was just the perfect game. Is the the experience I'm chasing of just like being so rewarding in every way totally. and having so much play in mm-hmm. it. Um, and I couldn't stream it because I was playing it on Switch, which was probably oh. good for me. Um, and so that was one of my that was one of my big, big, big ones. And it was like. You know, Celeste took me a while to get through because for some reason the plat- the the massacre platforming felt like work and I would get frustrated my hands would hurt and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I never felt that way with Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight, I was just like I have mastered this and <laughs> and I am, ready <laughs> I am to a do, Lord. I'm ready to do the platforming <laughs> I am challenge. a knight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am the Hollow Knight. Like I didn't do the I didn't do the Path of Pain. I but, didn't do it either. But the White Palace or whatever. Yeah. That I was you know, it was the exact right amount of difficult. Totally. Like it felt perfect to me in that moment, and so I was just like locked in on that, on that perfectly.
2: That was that was earlier this year. Did you see? So we were just Natalie and I were just watching the Hollow Knight uh, uh, speed run from AGDQ. I didn't catch it. But. There is that dude goes through the <laughs> Path of Pain. With a, such clarity of purpose, grace, just, be, uh, just beauty in every movement, doesn't yeah. touch a it single. It is
4: upsetting. Wow. It, I mean, <laughs> getting through the path of pain was probably one of the most rewarding or video the, game, uh, or the, not the path of pain, not the path of pain. Um, the White Palace, the White Palace yeah. was probably one of the most rewarding video game experiences yeah. I had last year because I was like, I'm not a platformer person. Mm-hmm. I can't do these things. I don't have finesse. Yeah. Um. And then and then getting through that was awesome. And then watching the speedrunner do that, and then like do that. Beat the final boss, like yeah. the true ending, oh, I and saw then the imme- clip of that. yeah, and then immediately go into the path of pain and just fly through it. I was wow. like, I'm fucking terrible. Video games, I <laughs> no, need to it, stop. That's the
0: bonus, yeah, you know? no, it was it was. But that that final boss, the the the, ra- the radiance. Is, is are you guys past spoiler territory on Halloween? We night? we can say right now we're going to talk spoilers for Halloween. Okay, <laughs> so the final final boss is was one of those beautiful experience, game experiences of you're playing it and you're like, I can't do this. Yeah. Why does the game think I can do it? <laughs> I can't do it. But then you like, I'll try it again. And then you're like, oh, I did do it. I did like,
4: at least a little bit of it.
0: Yeah. And you get better without realizing that you are. And then so when you actually do do it, mm-hmm. you feel like, it it's it you feel like an athlete and it, feel, it not that <laughs> yeah. it feels like it has made you an athlete you're like I am stronger now yeah totally right? and <laughs> I I have done it I have gotten better I have achieved a skill yeah um, as you can feel the progress in yourself which is like so incredibly rewarding that are you gonna
4: are you gonna do the godmaster. Have you watched any of it?
0: No, I have. I I have the DLC. I did the DLC that came with the Switch version, and then the ones that I saw come out were like some boss rush type modes or something. Yeah, there. The that's
4: the Godmaster mode. It's like all like most of the bosses revisited harder. Yeah. Re- I want content.
0: I just yeah. want content, yeah. and, and I'm not. There is a little bit of they're... content. in oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay.
4: Awesome, nice
2: bullet for
0: ourselves. ourselves the other <laughs> <laughs> day. we were like,
4: we're not gonna well, like, play this. What I, j-
2: what I would really like is like a new. Area with yes, like a totally. new vibe. Yeah. I mean, that's what that game does so well.
4: Yeah. Uh
0: discover uncovering the areas and finding you know, going into the, the deep nest or whatever and God. all those things. Oh, God. It, it's like this I had the same experience with, with like uh Breath of the Wild where mm. like I savored uh like uh, opening the last part of the map, yeah. you know, mm. and re- and revealing the, you know, like climbing the towers and everything. I was like, that I know. I once it's all open, I can't do that again. Totally. And that's the same way I felt about Hollow Knight. And then, so when the Zelda DLC came out, I was like, that's not what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just did. I went back to it. I've been going back to like Zelda and Mario Odyssey to say, like, hey, I didn't do a lot of those things. Let me just go back and do some Mario Odyssey. Still a delight and Zelda. I did one of the. From the second DLC, one of the legs of the quest
2: where mm. you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you the... it
0: opens three map points. Yep. You go to the things the map points, and I did it, and I did the new shrines, and I was like, "That was it was." Pretty it's a taste. Good. It's pretty good. Oh, here's what I'll say: the cutscene is nice, but I want I just want a new map.
2: I know, I me mean, too. Yes, so the best place, the best gift someone could could give me would be like, "Oh, you didn't know if you do blah blah blah, you get one more little region on that yeah. map." That yeah. would be the best gift a human could give me. But yes. the I, I will say. The it is not the it is not the same feeling, but these trial of the sword first DLC, which is what yeah. I thought I would not want at all, because combat challenge DLC is like the number one thing I turned just completely turns me off. Yeah. Arkham Games did them. Everybody does this, where it's like, oh, just fight these six enemies. Yeah. I don't care. Though that trial of the sword stuff was actually really fascinating because there they're, they're are really um not just challenging in the combat sense but in the design sense mm-hmm. where what you're given is a very limited amount of resources to use. It's yes. almost like an extension of, of Eventide Isle. Yeah totally. More than of just like it's a combat And
0: I thought thing. that was great. I didn't go that far in
2: it but I yeah. loved the design I loved like oh
0: shit yeah I start with the stick right. and totally. and I like totally. I gotta kill the, like you don't I don't have enough stuff to kill these choo choos <laughs> <Three>. or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, got it. And, and yeah and it also seemed to be that sort of thing that people who I, I didn't play Far Cry 2 but the people who were like I love Far Cry 2 I feel like would like that totally Um, lots and, of grenades rolling down hills yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so I definitely I definitely appreciated that bit Um, yeah. but yeah I mean I left on the map Um, and what I did last time I booted up Breath of the Wild was I literally the the big mountain in the top left corner of the map mm-hmm. yes. Hebra Mountain yes. I actually never explored in the main part of the game and I haven't done every shrine either but I've I got the true ending, you know, right, 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 um, and I felt I explored everything, but I left that, and for a for like a year, I was like, Man. one day I'll go to that mountain, and I liked the fact that I didn't know what was up there, yeah. Mm. And then on a on you know long Christmas trip, I I plugged it and I
2: started playing more.
0: I don't think there was anything that amazing. No, up there.
2: there's like a snowboarding section, yeah. and yeah. like some cool skeletons. Yeah, but I wanted that's that. not the best area. I so I you know Laurel and Village, the little fishing village in the south, <sighs> yes, and the yeah. jungle area. So I was at hour one hundred before I found that whole what? region yeah and that was the best feeling yeah I was like
0: what how that is place there? is
4: so dense it's, and yes
2: i yes. found that last two uh, i
0: was like when i found that i was like there's another town <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> there's another town or the thing where there's a different mountain uh, in like more the center of the map that has the dragon at the top yes um, mm, and yes. Oh, discovering yeah. that is like that is the per- mwah, that is the yeah. perfect yeah. Yeah, you're just like roaming around you're like what is that what is it? Oh, my God. I got
2: a... It's a dragon. <laughs> and it's a sick dragon. And, like, I got to heal this dragon. Screenshot, screenshot, screenshot. Yeah. Just for whatever
0: reason, I've been trying to figure out for so long. what Because I played Skyrim yep. years back, and I loved Skyrim. And the feeling of being like, oh, my God, the world's so huge and stuff. But then I would play... I played lots of open world games where I was just like, "All right, this just feels rote." But then, for some reason, that game, Breath of the Wild, I just remember the feeling of when I went down from the plateau. I'm sorry, this is no, like, we're in it, we're, we're in it, we're, we're in it, in the right room Please for this conversation. do it, okay? So I just like went down from the plateau, and I was like <laughs> on my way to Kakariko Village, and I like almost became nauseous from the scope of what was before me. Yeah. I was like. The map is this big and there's this much stuff. And, and I was like, okay, I, sh- I could go to Kakariko Village, but if I just went that way, there would just be world in that direction <laughs> with people and villages and unique things. And like, I would be going there. There's a tree on the top of the, a lone tree. And there's something up there. Right, right. And I was just like, I, I was felt staggered from, like I had trouble taking steps because I was so overwhelmed by the amount of and I don't know what it is about it that made it feel that way that doesn't, that where Fallout
2: 4 didn't feel or it. whatever. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I got like, this gun. I'm going to go kill these super
0: yeah beings.
1: I think it's because it's not copy and paste the way a lot of open world games yeah. feel. Like you're doing the same seven activities or whatever. Say it's the most expansive open world <laughs> type of game. You're doing the same nine activities yeah. in, in different variations and maybe slightly different art styles. But this actually felt like a sort of, it has immersive sim elements. It has platforming yes. elements. It has all these different elements, and everything felt like a separate biome. Yeah, like mm-hmm. actually different little world that actually operates in slightly different ways, different environmental effects, different things you need to do that actually made it feel like this feels like diverse in a yeah. way, even if the core activities are relatively similar. Yeah, yeah I'm sure handcrafted. Different enough.
2: Yeah, totally. I, you know, I think you're both right in in that. Like, w- w- so we just did an episode on open world games uh, about a week ago, um, and I, of course, you know spent a lot of time talking about how Breath of the Wild scratched this itch for me in a way that I had not expected it would. I'm not a big Zelda person historically. Like I- I've enjoyed some Zelda games, but it's not like in my top 10 series or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that game came out and just completely obliterated <laughs> Yeah. Yes. It turned me into a mewling child. <laughs> <laughs> just filled with joy and, yeah. and beauty. And uh, one of the responses I got was like, Austin is in full fanboy mode. Like Austin is saying that stuff doesn't repeat. And, like of course stuff repeats. You're right. Of course, it's always a Korok seed under the tree that you see in the distance. It's always... Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you're you're right to say there is not as much unique stuff as in Skyrim, where the unique stuff can be a sword with fire versus a sword with ice versus a... <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, But what I mean when I say that there isn't repetition is that I don't feel repetition. Yeah. The repetition yeah. that doesn't exist is the repetition that doesn't exist in my experience of play. Yeah. And Like you, Adam, to some degree, it is hard for me to square that against the the kind of indifferent perspective that's just like oh yeah there's a Korok seed under every rock like, yeah. it's, it's always a Korok seed I don't give a fuck though in real life when I'm playing that game when I see the Korok seed I go yes got a Korok seed I'm not yeah. even going to spend it at this point in my <laughs> in my career but it's the, the pleasure of, of, of recognizing the pattern in the world of identifying a solution of operating that and then like sliding that into the ongoing adventure of Link and like the exploration of a space yeah. just feels so rewarding mm-hmm.
0: and I've often try to figure out why in some games, and a lot of it, it's where I am in in my life, but sometimes it's the game, and I don't know why, where, you know, I, okay, buy a new game, everyone says game is great, spend my 60 bucks, you know, video games are the thing that I will spend any amount of money on, you know, like, I don't, I just don't have a budget, right, because, because on that level, it's not that expensive of a hobby, you know what I mean, like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's expensive, but, you know, hey, you know, it's not
1: a private jet. Not a private jet. It's not yeah. golf clubs. Not, I'm not. It's I'm not, not buying.
0: You know, I. Uh, a lot, some people they make a TV show. They buy a car. I don't buy a car. I right. buy. I buy six. I spend sixty dollars on a video game. Right. So I, I have no problem doing that. And I'll load it up. Be like, okay, great. But sometimes, you know, what's what is it about some games? where I load them up and then I get to a quest giver and they're like, go do this. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Why is it asking me to do that? Like, I don't really feel like that's a good use of my time. And then other games I'm like, yes, I will. (laughs) Of course. I want to, I want to like, yeah, I mean like anything you
2: say quest giver. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, exactly. And I can't figure it out. Like the Witcher, I try Witcher three. I tried with twice. And, you know, I get that the world is beautiful and the story seems great. You know, like, I, and there's – it seem, definitely seems like better Skyrim in terms of, like, we've got story and quest and, like, into, you know, like – Well, there's unicorn sex. Quest That's everywhere. most of it. <laughs> there is, but every there time is. I try, I'm, like – I'm trying to get into it. I'm like, nah, it's just it, – I, I I'm not having that reaction. And Zelda is true. Has Brother of the Wild has less individual – you know, less individual quests in it, less mm-hmm. individual quest giver. less dialogue, less right. stories. Like I remember the first time I played when I played Skyrim in 2011, I was amazed by it because it was the first game I had played that had that much content where it was like we made so much goddamn content. And like you, you're like walking around and you're like, there's an obelisk and you walk up to it and a god talks to you yep. and the god is like, go do that. And I'm like, there's just hundreds of things like that in this game. Unbelievable. <laughs> Right, and I was amazed, but um, now I'm bored by that. And Zelda has much less of that stuff. Like it's it's mostly Korok seats. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
2: But then you wander into the desert off the top of a mountain pass, and you see 13 statues yes. in a circle in the distance, yeah. and you're and like, you, yeah. What's that? <laughs> Thank you, Natalie. <laughs> Adventurer <Thank> you. voice. <laughs> the, the, That's the Zelda right. voice. Yes. Adventurer voice in my brain is just Natalie going, well, it What's can, be, that? It
0: can be? It can be simpler <laughs> than what those games do. I mean, I think Skyrim, maybe if I went back and played it now, I'd still be like, yes, this nailed it. And then like Fallout 4 didn't in, right. in some, yeah. some reason I could pinpoint. But maybe you just don't need that much that like all you really need is a lone tree on a hilltop and I'm going to be entranced. Right.
4: (laughs) I mean, I think there's something so magical about the Zelda world that does it for me. Like, I don't know if it's the setting of the fact that what you kind of mentioned earlier about like wanting to slow progression and like wanting to just savor as much as possible, like opening up. I remember when I had, like you were saying, like, just a couple like three areas left and I like avoided them I was like I don't want to go do this because I want to just like do everything in every single space and just I want to know this map like it is my own world like I want to feel a part of this world and I want that like sort of like muscle memory almost just Mm. of this like being imprinted in me and there is something that is so like not just wholesome, but it, but I don't know what it was about Breath of the Wild that just like completely enraptured me in its character, in its charm, in its aesthetic and everything yeah. that like, I love fantasy bullshit. <laughs> like I, I love, I love that shit. And with Skyrim, I just, I, I like it, it didn't grab on. Whereas other games like, like Dragon Age Inquisition is an example of one that's like not as open world as as like Skyrim or those, but did grab onto me with its like storytelling and, and, mm-hmm. and its environmental storytelling and with like this like little sonnets or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like those like little irrelevant, but relevant in air quotes, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. pieces of content, capital, whatever, um, <laughs> were able to grab me. But in Skyrim, it, it felt like tired or like mm-hmm. I had already been here somehow. Yeah.
0: Um, P- part of Skyrim might've been for me that I, li- I sort of was for some reason, taking a break from games for, like... There was, like, a five- or ten-year period where I didn't play as many... I still had Nintendo systems, but I didn't play, like, AAA stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, for whatever reason... Oh, this is actually a time in my life. I was... um, uh, I had gotten this before I worked at College Humor. I I had gotten my first ever professional comedy writing gig on a VH1 sketch show that was very short lived, and I had to fly out to California to to write on it, and I didn't even have a laptop. I so I shipped my iMac. Oh, um, wow. oh yeah. And then I was staying in a sublet in North Hollywood, um, and I. Uh, with which is a whole story in itself. What, that was weird in a couple different ways. And I had I, and uh, I hated the job. Um, and so I would go home and I literally had my iMac set up on a uh, box on the box that it was shipped in on the floor. Yep. Um, living the life. Honestly. Living the life. Yes. But I had Skyrim. I installed Skyrim, and I believe I actually pirated it because I hadn't been paid yet. Um, but <laughs> sounds right. Uh, but uh, shout outs to a decade ago. <laughs> it was such a. I think part of it was having that first AAA experience in a long time, but it was that feeling of here's a world. I can, I can go engage and be a hero (laughs) escape my life. Um, but yeah, it, it has, uh, it has less. There's some, there's some purity to, to Zelda that other games don't even try to accomplish. Mm Um, it's also amazing. I've just, this, uh, I've, Always been amazed by this that like the people who does the designers of Zelda and Mario uh, Odyssey. How did they did they have a meeting where they were like, how do people play with the Switch? Well, it's portable, so it's in short bursts. So <laughs> yeah. in this mega adventure, let's make sure that the main gameplay mechanic loop is based around short play. Yeah. advancement so that you get so you can knock out shrines. So I would hold out, I would hold off, well I'm not going to go explore the new part of the map yet because I'm at work or I'm on set and I can't, I want to do that on, on my big screen TV at home, mm-hmm. but, but like, but I can go knock
2: out a couple shrines, right? Over my lunch break or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, totally. Which is so, so good. How, the yeah. answer is yes, I believe, right? The answer is absolutely. Yeah. I think mean, this is true for so many Nintendo systems in general. Yeah. As you look at the system, you look at the, the entire breadth of games available, like, mm, the system has a bunch of features that no one is using. Or like, there's <laughs> something about the system that feels absent in a lot of the third-party games and then in nintendo's games like they got a lot out of this thing they understand yeah. what the process of play is like on this device yeah. mm-hmm. uh, with zelda in particular one of the big things that they talked about during the lead-up at so like i think at the gdc talk was that at every major milestone they took a week off and sent everybody home to I mean, took a week off as i'm putting in air quotes and also we can't match <laughs> for the labor policies <laughs> of nintendo necessarily yeah but People went home and just played the game for a week. Yeah, and so I suspect that when the entire team is doing that, you get a lot of information on how people just genuinely use this device. Yeah, are they using it on their couch? Are they using it in mass transit? Are they using it like what is the what does it look like for them? Yeah, uh, and and I think you're right. Like I think it comes down to like they identified that this is a key <laughs> way people are gonna play the game is in 15 minute bursts. They're gonna be on the toilet. They're gonna be like you got a wait, 15 oh.
1: minute burst on that toilet. Like a, you <laughs> you know
2: you got a 15 minute toilet burst. I. To see a doctor. Yeah. i I'm worried. Immediately. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance.
0: I get so emotional when I talk about Nintendo. It's really, yeah. it's really funny. I, I, you know, it's a part of the, a part of the Mind Parasite show that I'm working on that I didn't end up writing, but it was going to be about, uh, this is like the cutting room floor part. Yeah, was, hell yeah, it, it was a true material. material. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, it was going to be about uh, brand loyalty and about mm. like pop culture loyalty yeah. and the way in which, like, um, okay, why does Disney buy every IP? Right, they buy it because like if you look at the way like Star Wars is marketed. Um, the way people use it, people raise their kids on Star Wars. I have friends who are doing that, right? So it's it's essentially a, a perpetual revenue source, yeah. you know. And even people who don't like the new movies go see them, you know. And and it th- and it's embedded in their hearts and minds s- from such a young age that they can't not love it. It's yeah. a part of them forever. And that's how I am with
2: Nintendo, <laughs> and
0: um,
2: because yeah. uh, I just and grew, it doesn't just matter that you know it. this. That is the thing about yeah. culture, right? Yeah. This I is can't like get out of, of the, Yeah, one of the things that. There's a, there's a a philosopher who's always bugged me. Who there's a philosopher who, I've, who I have relied on a lot, which is uh, Louis Althusser, um, who uh, you know is someone who's like, here is how ideology functions. Here, the ideological state apparatus creates the sorts of people it needs to keep the machine of the state running, mm. right? Oh, okay. Schools exist to produce the sorts of personalities necessary to continue to operate. Prisons and police mm. and uh, and t- teaching and uh you know to have to have people grow up to become garbage men and also to grow up to become sales executives. I have a
0: hard time believing our school system is that organized. It's, no, but- <laughs> so He doesn't think it is organized. He doesn't <laughs> it- think
2: it's like people are deciding this. Yeah. he thinks systems c- yeah. perpetuate We'd themselves. Go this way. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um. But he's like. But I, the social scientist, <laughs> am above all of that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I like, Louis, all right, motherfucker. First Funny. of all, first yeah. of all, like, real talk, Louis Althusser, you killed your wife, my guy. Oh, wow. So okay. maybe you are not outside of the system that perpetuates <laughs> terrible things. <laughs> Two. It's fucked up that we, in our positions, can be like, I know how brands work and how they leverage loyalty yeah. in an irrational way. And also, I absolutely teared up at the end of The Last Jedi when Luke is looking at, out at the two fucking sons. Yeah. And that's like, oh, wow, this thing has been in me for 32 years and yeah. 30, whatever old I was at the time. And it can't. I can't get it out. Yeah. It's just there.
0: It's part of you.
2: It's but, a mind parasite. But
0: as a, it's a mind parasite. Exactly. You don't have a choice. Um, but... That's why it's so rewarding what Nintendo has done over the last couple of years, because like when like I had a Wii U and I would like stand for the Wii U and be like, this yeah. is a good system. And and hey, I still think it's worth the purchase. <laughs> it's still worth it. Yeah. Was, at the time, it was still worth the purchase. Cause, cause, yeah, sure. They were a good, I'm it, here with ha- you. Hey, I'm Breath here. of the
1: Wild, I played. 222 hours of Breath of the Wild on my on Wii, U. Wii U. Right. Also, on that Wii U. Also,
0: so many ones, you know, Splatoon and Captain Toad yes. and Pikmin 3. Tropical. They Please. were doing great
2: experiments on That's that an system. A, and totally. Pikmin 3. And Mario Maker. Like, Zombie yeah. U. Yeah. Yes. they are yes. great
0: games on that system. So, But but at the same time, I was like, if Nintendo just started sending me fundraising emails that were like, hey, <laughs> would you chip in 20 bucks to make sure Nintendo's still around? I would fucking do it. Enjoy <laughs> Nintendo's because, <laughs> Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God matter it matters to me and yeah. and uh and part of it is because it's like it's the fucking Willy Wonka factory like it mm. is a special creative culture that doesn't exist elsewhere and that is shown in the renaissance that they've had that like God, I was just like, I don't want Disney to buy Nintendo. I don't want you Disney see, to buy You
4: see, Apple Nintendo. is poised to, or like, there is a, a news report today that Apple is like considering buying Nintendo. Nintendo. That's
1: been a rumor for a for long years. time. i like, curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: I mean, but the, and it's
0: kind of the nice thing about, well, uh, here's the thing Nintendo is such a weird company, yeah. right? Like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys know Mike Drucker. He's a Mike's yep. yeah. yeah, great. A, he, re, he wrote on our show for a year. He's a good friend of mine. Um, used and to so work he, for Nintendo. Used to work for Nintendo. Great Twitter presence. Fantastic. Oh Twitter my presence. god. He's yeah. great. And he and he was just like I think he was working with me like when the NES Classic shortage happened, right? You know, and I was like, man, what's going on here? And he's like, look, I talked to my friends, and apparently, what happened, what well, I can say that he told me this probably. Um, should I say it? I don't know. He told he told me here's what the real reason. A little was.
1: Birdie right. said there was
0: a supply chain problem. Sure. that wasn't their fault. you know um, That's what their official word is, also. Yes. Oh, it was. Yes. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. They well,
2: don't. They don't throw anybody. They. They weren't. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. Go ahead. Then
0: I'm misremembering the story. Anyway, I was like, why don't they tell people this? And he said, it's because they're weird. They like, did eventually. What, what happened was okay. they
2: eventually told people. that yeah, okay. okay. yeah. Way later, when people were like, when the super, uh, the Super Nintendo Classic was mm. coming out, they were like, last time was a, was a supply problem. Yeah. We're not. I, I know this is Reggie sat in a room with me and said, "Guys in Austin." <laughs> <I'm> like,
0: okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. We got so Reggie's word. Right. I could have said it at the time, right? Right. right. And and, totally. and they would have saved so much bad press. Yeah. And uh, but it's like it's the Willy Wonka's chocolate factory yeah. thing. It's Don't the, show anybody. Anything. Yeah, and that's what's great about it is that they are a they're a co- corporation that exists within capitalism that doesn't make the decisions that corporations are supposed to make, right. Right. In order to maximize profits. um, And they're, and they do a bad job of it a lot of the time, but as a result, (laughs) they produce things that are weird and strange. And sometimes they let you down and they have this chunkiness that like, I can only imagine. I remember when Disney started buying these, buying all this IP, right. Mm -hmm. They bought the Muppets and they bought star Wars. Right. And those Muppet movies started coming out that people started liking. And I was like, Okay, well, be careful what you wish for here, right? Because it used to be that when there was a brand that you liked, like, say you were an MST3K fan. Well, guess what? It was mismanaged by the networks, and now it doesn't exist anymore, and every little glimpse of it you get is is precious, right? And the good ones are precious, right? But now that Disney has it, guess what? Here's a new Muppets movie every year until you die, and they're all going to be okay, right? (laughs) It didn't happen so much with the Muppets. It is happening with Star Wars, right? It's absolutely – and the Marvel movies, you know? And so that's great, but – Marvel's
1: a good pull there, yeah. It
0: evens it all out, you know? It's all even quality level. But Nintendo Guess what? I love Metroid. There's only been, like, two good Metroid games ever. <laughs> Super Metroid was good. Metroid Prime was good. The rest are okay to bad, right? Oh, Metroid... Send uh, your letters. Fusion. <laughs> no,
2: I, actually, I didn't like Fusion. Mm. But, like... I, what is your...
0: What they, is your counter? I think
1: the first one's actually pretty good. You like good. just
2: Metroid. You like okay. NES Metroid. NES Metroid, I'm
1: not going to say pretty it's bad. It's pretty good.
2: It's
0: hard to play by modern standards. Hey,
1: it's, like. not, it's, so not it's not the easiest thing the ideas, to go into. The ideas, the ideas yeah. were in there. They were in there.
0: But, so, like, Nintendo actually, and I was talking to Drucker about this, yeah. I was like, what's to do with Metroid? He's like, well, actually the problem is the Japanese side of the company doesn't understand the property um, because it's more huh. popular in the US. This is his theory anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they give it to developers that don't understand it to make the games. It's they the like, Team
2: Ninja, other yeah. Yeah. games. That was- yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: they, yeah. they support Zero Suit Samus, which if you're my kind of Metroid fan, you're like, I don't like Zero Suit Samus. <laughs> that's not my Samus, that's right? <laughs> hashtag, <laughs> not hashtag not my Samus. Not Samus, Samus. Oh, um, God. So, and that means <laughs> that when a good Metroid comes out you're like oh you know it, it right. means so much and so it's chunky it's chunky because they don't always make the decision they're supposed to make you know mm. uh breath of the wild means more because skyward sword sucked right <laughs> <laughs> And
1: it, then, it had real problems
0: and suddenly it's magical where right. are these great games coming from i don't even know because they don't even let the devs give interviews well that you is know? like
2: so again like that's one of those things i talked to reggie about i was like like let us come there and shoot film and interview people and he's like austin they won't let us come there yeah <laughs> that's and, and, yeah. and, well, not exactly what he said but the, you know the, the gist of it was like they to some degree there's a degree to which it feels like they just want to do the work they just want to make stuff they don't want to show people the way it's it's happening and as someone who's interested in games as a medium that's frustrating because i think it's important that we understand how great art is made but I also do understand that perspective yeah as someone who's like I just want to do the work please just let me do the work yeah. I don't the idea of like someone like watching my screen as I'm typing a review <laughs> makes uh, me right. terrified I would yeah. hate it
0: but they're but they keep you at arm's length in this weird way like Drucker also told me that at the Redmond headquarters there's like a Nintendo museum yeah that only Nintendo
2: employees can go to there's a shop I just talked to a friend yeah. of mine about this. There is a gift shop. There is like a Nintendo store in yeah. Redmond at their HQ, but you can—it's behind closed doors. Yeah, so it's literally just for Nintendo employees. And,
0: and I went to uh, Japan a year or two ago, and when I was there, I was like why is there no Nintendo thing right. I can go to? We were in Kyoto. I didn't even go look at the headquarters because I know it's just a building a that building, I can't go in. Yeah. Um, and, but then by contrast, when you get a glimpse, like I went to the Nintendo store in, in New York a couple years ago, and I forget why, but in a corner, almost just small. In, there wasn't anyone else around. There was just this little display, and in the display was a handwritten uh, it was Miyamoto's original level design on loose leaf paper for <gasps> Super Mario Brothers. It was either World One One or World One Two on graph paper. Right, and I was like, "Why the fuck is this <laughs> <out> here? did <This laughs> should be." It should be. It's like one of the most, one of the most possible, one of the most valuable, right. historically valuable video game artifacts possible to exist. And it was just sitting in the store. There wasn't a sign. There wasn't a line. It was guarding it? Yeah. It National was just- Treasure Three. <laughs> is gonna steal it? No there's problem. A, there's a map on the bottom, on the back of this piece of graph paper. of World One One. Yeah. So it's just like that's was what makes me Was there even a plaque? Yeah, there was a little plaque that like described what it was, but it was just like, hey, here's a celebration of Mario, you know, but mostly it's just people buying Pokemon hats, right? (laughs) Right, Um, right. Which, no shame. Pokemon hats (laughs) are cool. Agreed. true. But, but, you know, you go to, and when you go to Tokyo, you go to Akabara, I can't pronounce it right, but you know, there's,
2: there's a Sega thing. There's no Nintendo thing. Uh, what what's but like? What what's is going what, on? how better could you differentiate the Sega and Nintendo, like, <laughs> yeah. ideologies, Philosophy, philosophies yeah. than s- that in the mid '90s and early 2000s? Sega did everything possible to create Sega World, yeah. and to create Sega branded arcades and to be everywhere and to put Sonic everywhere, yeah. Not that Nintendo didn't do its own like uh, Mario uh, had some cereal. Mario had some cereal. Mario had a movie. Pikachu. Well, okay. We're moving into Detective. The world of Detective (laughs) Pikachu now. So maybe everything's about to change.
0: See,
1: that's. I'm here
0: for it. Pikachu is the first. No, no, no. I, I don't have a problem with it. Okay. What is amazing about it. Is that it's the first Nintendo feature film like uh, in so? Oh, I guess they do the Pokemon, do Pokemon movies, movies and stuff. Right, right. But still, like since since, since in the, Mario the Brothers,
2: theatrical. Yeah, I think the first Pokemon movie got got a theatrical release, right? Two thousand Pokemon,
4: yeah. two thousand oh was in theaters. The
2: two thousand, though.
4: Oh, the year you were born. Yeah, you got the. Yeah. That's when I was born. Um, <laughs> and when I was born, actually, what they gave me was the gold uh, Mewtwo. Uh, wow. Pokemon card right? Right. Like the just day you were born the, the day I was born wow. and that was my silver spoon you know wow. gotcha <laughs> gotcha you. Got you. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah anyway if uh, I'll, I'll join that Patreon any day you know shout just, out to, just to have that stuff know. keep existing you know <laughs> oh. but yeah they've got they've got me I mean here's the thing if it sucked
2: if the game sucked I would still be buying them right it does at least up to a point right? or do you, that you think you, do you think that's would never break for you is this part of the mind parasite is that there is no <laughs> eject there's no there's nothing that would get you off this brand train I think if
0: I think if like Disney bought it and started doing stuff I didn't like probably because that because my allegiance is not just to the characters it's like to something like it's like literally allegiance to the company mm. you know like like I I have I have all my old issues of Nintendo power in a special box you know like it's it's to
2: the company itself um, is is this something you think changes in a world where we do start to learn more about developers not only because we learn about mm-hmm. labor conditions but also because I think about something like I mean real talk we can talk about vice right like Jesus and Maro had a huge audience while they had a show at vice they're now at showtime mm-hmm. there are lots of people who are like fuck vice now yeah. we're going to stick with the brand is strong we're going to stay with Jesus <laughs> and Mero and they're going to go to showtime um, and I'm curious, like I, we see a little bit of that in games with something like uh, Hideo Kojima, who the the audience turned real quick on Konami. Yeah. Less so for the allegations of labor abuse there, and more because yeah. people were upset with what yeah. happened with Metal Gear Solid Five and and with Hideo Kojima, and are now like, yes, we're on the Kojima train wherever he goes. Do you think we'll see more of that in the future? As stuff changes,
0: I mean, if there's more auteurs, but it requires an auteur, right? Because yeah. then people have an association with uh, Hideo Kojima. I mean, I don't have a strong association with Hideo, uh, sure. Hideo Kojima. I know, I know people who do, um, uh, but you know, and I, I get it. But um, yeah, I mean, when people have that, uh, have that connection um, to the particular developer, I'm trying to think of an example of a developer like, I love to who's gone from one place to another. But
4: I can't even imagine like any of the auteurs of. Nintendo leaving. Well, Nintendo. you don't know. Who, you
0: don't know who they are. Other than Miyamoto well, I mean when, Miyamoto. Yeah. There's
4: Iwata. Yeah. There's
0: uh, there was Iwata. There was Iwata. Yeah. There. Uh, I
4: was the, actually was- in Kyoto
1: there's- the day he died. I just- or sorry,
0: sorry, even wait. the the Zelda uh, the, uh, the Zelda yeah, producer right. whose name I I don't. Aonuma.
4: Oh yeah. Aonuma. Um, Ohnuma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Sakurai. Yeah. There's. I mean, there are.
0: Sakurai is pretty close. If Sakurai left, yeah. you could imagine the Smash. If if he got booted out and he was like, I'm doing my own Smash. Uh, my indie smash people would go for that right but Onuma uh, uh, from Zelda I don't think of him as being an auteur he's like he's maybe a pro- I don't know that much about no, the but team I that's, but uh, like he directed the bad games too right or he produced the bad games I don't too, know so. enough about the Zelda series to know uh, which, is, am, which, is I, part, which is I believe he's led that franchise part the of the time, thing right you know? yeah totally but yeah uh, um. You know, my my understanding is is the reason those games are good is there's been some kind of sea change at Nintendo where yeah. the old people left and now there's young folks who are, like, sort of designing games in a new way. Yeah. And that's why you have this breath of fresh life with Splatoon and Mario and Zelda. That's what I've heard. Um, but you don't – you know, yeah, they keep it a little bit more anonymous um, yeah. mm-hmm. because you can't – you can't do that as well. You
1: Any, know? Yeah. Anytime I've I've had the pleasure of interviewing Nintendo devs, which is always like a very you know because obviously you're going through a translator. There's a whole sort of process with it. It's not ever. It's never going to feel necessarily like the way. Oh, with an indie dev, I can sit there for four hours and hear everything. You know, yeah. that's kind of going on. Every time I have done sort of one of those interviews, uh, it has always been. Very, very exciting on the sort of design end, and mm-hmm. they love talking about that. They love talking about sort of the new people who come in and have, have ideas. I, I For example, I talked to the folks who made Captain Toad at the time, and they mm. were so excited to show, like, they had visual aids. They had, they were like, <laughs> we started with the garden in a box idea of Mario 64, and they sort of show, like, the Mario 64 Japanese N64, like, cover and things Aww. like that. They get... So excited and so into it. And they've always talked about the passion of fans who grew up fans and then went to work at Nintendo, who became designers there, who have ideas for mechanics. And actually that some of them have been so into the nostalgia that they've had to be told, like, all right, don't don't overdo this. We don't need Karibu. Karibo. Karibo. Karibo's shoe in yeah. like every level because right. they're just too excited. They're yeah. like, oh my God, what if I could put this in every level because now I work at Nintendo, which I always thought was like the cutest sort <laughs> but of thing. That, but <laughs>
0: that feeling like, uh, the, uh, the thing, the mind parasite, the thing the most, that, that gets me the most, right, was when I remember when Smash 4 for Wii U came out and they announced the Duck Hunt dog yeah. that, that was going to be in the game. And I literally was like, they remembered, (laughs) you know, like it was personally, it was personally important to me because as a kid, I, we had the duck hunt dog. We all tried to shoot the duck hunt dog. You can't shoot him. You have this particular identification of the duck hunt dog. And then no more duck hunt dog for like, 30 years, yeah. you know, 25, 25 years or so, um, just never comes up again. That dog lived a whole
2: other life, that dog had yeah. a you know, family. You're, it just exists. So many puppies. College. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? It just
0: exists in, you know, college humor and dorkly sketches right. that we right. would write. And yeah. like, you know, oh, hey, remember the duck hunt dog? Ha, yeah, ha. Yeah. Ha, Twitter
2: ha. avatar. <laughs> yeah, duck exactly. Hunt dog. Yeah.
0: And then, but then they're like, no, 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 we didn't forget. We we remember the duck yeah. hunt dog too, and here it is. And guess <laughs> what? He looks exactly like the duck hunt dog did. Um, he he and he's uh, ah, it's just so totally. much like. Another one that did this for me was like smash uh, the new smash. With Simon Belmont in it, I had just played because I got an NES class guy. I played the original Castlevania, Ooh. which I never played. I played a lot of Castlevania 3, um, okay. but I never played the original. I was like, I'm going to play the original and very, had a very fun time. The way they have animated Simon Belmont to have the exact same walk cycle yeah. as the NES 8 bit, which was like three frames of animation <laughs> and like 16 pixels by 16 pixels. And now they've got a perfectly rendered 3D guy, but he's exactly the same is unbelievable mm-hmm. and it's just this resonance that you you don't get to have without having a relationship with this company for your whole life it's like such a weirdly deep artistic experience <laughs> so that's what i'm saying like again i'm getting emotional talking yeah, about my I can relationship tell
2: with this it's fucking company it's serious
0: i guess <laughs> yeah. it's just that it's, it's so
4: rare like yeah. when when nintendo because we're like as nintendo fans were constantly reaching out to nintendo like we're yeah. like please 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 <laughs> yeah. just anything anything and they're like here's a breadcrumb <laughs> of, <laughs> of 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 simon belfond being very well animated and you're like I'm delicious i love it i love it i love it. one more breadcrumb please yeah. please please and they're like here's a snake in fucking smash and yeah. you're just like yes thank you th-. and you're so grateful and like that's like that's only I feel like well, also with Dragon Age Inquisition, I think I have that relationship <laughs> I with certainly do. I certainly do. But it's that's that's the thing. It's like it's, we're and we're constantly pushed up against, right? Because mm-hmm. anytime fans try to do things with Nintendo, like they are shut down. They are they are yeah. they are uh sent, you know, cease and desist when when what there's fan made games and things like that. And that's why this like relationship is so Strange because it's we're tense. still like grateful. We're, like even with the with the SNES and the emulator they chose to use, that was like made by. It was
2: like a fan? Was it? Was it the SNES Classic
4: that had that too? I know the or PS no, no, Classic no. did that. no. Uh, this was the, was it.
2: I know the PlayStation Classic. used definitely a did this, yeah. Made emulator after oh, sending a cease and
4: desist to like oh. take it down. Well, and
2: the NES, and Nintendo just did also send those cease and
4: desist. There was to, yeah. A there emulation. was that.
0: Th- there was a thing about their virtual console game. That's like, what it was. They yes. uh, was it Frank Cifaldi? Was that the guy? Who did it? Frank and, is the
2: one who and, figured and out. and he
0: figured out that it was a a ROM an online ROM yeah. that mm-hmm. someone had ripped or something. Right. Uh, according, that's his, that's that was his Frank. conclusion. Yeah. 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 But, um, and if
2: I would trust somebody, it would be Frank Cifaldi who, yeah. uh, who knows everything about retro games and has made yeah. video yeah. game history, his life's work. Yeah. And it's such a bummer that they, ha- I mean, that's
0: the bad side of the Willy Wonka effect, right? Is mm-hmm. that, is that the, uh, you know, the destruction of video game history that constitutes those ROM sites being taken down um, is, you know, you can't get through to them to explain that, right? Mm-hmm. Um,
2: which is well, and it's really also just like it's one of those things that's that's. There's such a fascinating tension because the only way you get something like Kaizo Mario or any of the things that would inspire Mario Maker to exist one day is to have fans disregard copyright law. Yeah. And say, you know, I'm going to hack this. I'm going to make this something else. I'm going to share this online. I'm going to build a community because I love Mario so much. I love the basic verbs you've given up, given me. Mm-hmm. I love the language you've taught me. I want to make something in this language without working for you. I'm not trying to make money on it. I'm just trying to, like, have fun with my friends. But copyright law being what it is, like, does not allow for that right and a Nintendo is uh, you know of, of, of the brands who is defense that are defensive of their their IP Nintendo is very defensive and protective of their IP and it's just like there is such a it, this dance is not going anywhere until copyright law changes which yeah. good <laughs> luck
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, well there's been a small you know there's been a small like little chink in the you know in the wall um, in that you know the we taught we did a segment on our show years ago about you know the the extensions to the yep. copyright acts that keep that kept being passed and then this was the first year that they weren't passed yep. right that that Disney didn't lobby to extend copyright by another twenty five years yeah. so now things are entering the public domain for the first time ever yeah. which is really wonderful
2: um, and maybe is a little bit of a sign that I, I hope it's going that way it's like, I, I want know. to live in the world in which Mario fan games are just things that exist in the same way that. Sherlock Holmes films are a thing that exists. Do you right. know what I mean? Anyone yes. can play with Sherlock Holmes. We could make a Sherlock Holmes movie right now, and yeah. it could be great. Maybe yeah. not right now. We are in a recording. <laughs> We're in uh, control room B in the basement yeah. of Vice. Well, that's the mystery. But right, you're right. You know? <laughs> How do we get out? <laughs> How but do we I, leave. I, I do genuinely think that there is a there's a period of time at which these things moving into the into the public domain and, and becoming part of the palette for creators to use would help break that that brand effect. Right. But for these things, like, with something like Mario, it will happen at the very end of our lifetimes, <laughs> yes. even if laws don't change at all yeah. forever. You know well, what I mean? I've always hoped that these companies will realize, you know, the most perverse
0: thing about Disney lobbying to extend copyright laws is that they make their money off a of public domain, right? right? That, like, a Hunchback of Notre Dame is, okay, yep. great, we can do that, you know. <laughs> Cinderella, like, all yeah. these are old. Little Mermaid, not, yeah. But you'd, you'd hope that the... The entertainment industry of which I am a part but I don't have any influence over this part of it but they would say like yeah hey it's pretty good for us that we can do Sherlock Holmes every single year yeah. right we can do the Will Ferrell Sherlock Holmes we can do the Robert um, uh, Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes yeah thank Holmes. you the Robert Downey yeah. Jr. Show. we
2: can do all the different versions of
0: it
1: Johnny Lee Miller yeah. Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yeah. right yeah.
2: like Johnny Lee Miller and ben, ben, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch on TV at the same time yep. both yes. in Sherlock
1: properties exactly doing well
0: totally different takes on yep. it right uh, you get to choose which Sherlock Holmes, not, hashtag not my Sherlock hashtag <laughs> not my Sherlock um, I mean, that's how I felt about about the. I was like, I don't want American Sherlock. What are we doing? You know, uh, <laughs> I, I love and I love the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock. Uh, but, you uh, so it they they have a voracious appetite for needing more properties no. like this, right? Yeah. And so you would hope that they would figure out, like, oh yeah, we need a robust public domain yeah. so that they're – because the. Having things that the public knows about that anyone can make a new creative property based on is like pretty valuable for yeah,
2: every totally. You know? I guess the the alternative is they're terrified that things that are currently in their portfolio yeah. are less in their portfolio, right? Yeah. Things that they can bank on forever <laughs> will not be there tomorrow, and that's why dis you know Disney collecting all those all of these right. properties
0: together is such a. I mean, people remark on it, but like, I think in terms of that strategy, I feel like has did not get the amount of attention that it deserved in terms of like how much they're like, yeah, we are anything that is that has this structure, right? Where there's all these characters, all these stories, and people have like a deep down allegiance to it, Um, you know, hasn't. Uh, that that is like what they're going for, and that's why if the switch hadn't taken off, the Nintendo would be right. subsidiary fifty seven of the Disney Corporation by now. If the switch had been a flop, it yeah. would already be done, in my opinion. Um, so so it could
2: happen. We could see one day in it our lives. Happen. Oh God, I really, I really or, or Mario one day. World, yeah, <laughs> oh part of the, part of the Disney Empire.
4: <laughs> well, isn't Mario empire. World coming?
0: Yeah, I think there is. is there a Universal
4: world? actually U- has Universal, a deal. But they scaled.
0: Ooh. I just read they scaled down a bunch of it um, yeah. because they thought that they, there was going to be a Zelda section and oh. another section. They were like, nah, that's too much. We'll just do the Mark. And I don't fucking trust. I don't trust Universal. <laughs> I don't. Tr- I want Nintendo to build a theme park themselves. Okay, you really want like the same design. You want game designers yes. to go yes. in. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. I they want already some, do I stuff. want someone who gets who gets the magic. You know, yeah. I mean that's the thing about Disney, right? Is is even when you criticize Disney, you know, creative culture, you know, Imagineers, magic making, they've got that gear. Nintendo right. has that gear as well. It's the Willy Wonka effect. Um, but uh, I don't think Universal does.
1: You know? I'll, I'll and, say their Harry Potter stuff pretty rad oh
0: people do love that that is pretty
1: good in terms of like theming and sort of sort of immersion in terms of of what's going on with that however i think that only came because our 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 best friend jk rowling actually (laughs) was that obsessed with every detail universal theme parks i I have a theory if i may please I've i've been to walt disney world and universal studios more than 50 times that was one of those, oh, wow. my mom is obsessed. She is a Disney World fanatic, uh-huh. so been to a lot of it. But a lot of the Universal rides are fun and they're cool, but it feels like going to a theme park, whereas Disney, they are obsessed with details. And this is why Disney and J.K. Rowling didn't work out. Originally, that was mm. going to be where her park was, what, her park, whatever, whatever mm. she owns at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry Potter World was going to be at Disney, but they were both such obsessive, compulsive you know, fanatics about yeah. every last detail. It wasn't going to work out. That marriage was not good. But, of course, Universal She's like, was like, need... yeah, come on over. We'll do whatever you want.
0: She's like, I need the ability to decide that robots are retroactively gay.
1: Yes. That's what I it was. To... <laughs> that's what she said. And Disney was like, I don't know about that, I don't know about okay, JK. JK, I don't know. All right. We have gay days. That's enough. <laughs> do they have gay days at Disney now? They do. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's oh, a Pride yeah. Day. <laughs> they actually really do. Yeah. I there's remember... a lot of queer families at Disney oh, for yeah, one week. I would imagine. Pride Day nice. was
4: also on, like, Raver Day. Last time I was there, you know, Raver Pride. It was Raver Pride Day <laughs> last time. <laughs> Hashtag not my pride. Um,
1: you know. The
2: the uh, to be clear, Raver Pride, Gay <laughs> Pride here for yes. Um, the thing that is so tough about all the things we're talking about is that like you talk about like the Imagineers at Disney, you talk about the designers at Nintendo. It is I think this is actually really interesting inside of the world of games specifically. I think you look at the world of music, you look at the world of comedy, you look at uh, comics. Even there is a a set of Creators and fans who are entirely disengaged with the popular culture machine in mm-hmm. those industries, right? They are, like, you know, watching uh, uh, independent film that people like you and I may not even hear about for years until it breaks into, like, the canon retroactively because that director goes on to create something that has a crossover success. Mm-hmm. And everyone tells you, oh, well, you have to go back and watch blah, blah, blah. That only did the the, the uh, festival circuit or whatever. Um, same thing with music. People who are only listening to to artists who are not signed to any major label, who maybe don't even have Bandcamp accounts, right? Yeah. Um, but in games, while you do have people – and I can think of great critics who follow those spaces really well, follow non-commercial games, follow alt games, follow uh, truly independent stuff – Almost everyone still burns a candle for a Nintendo or for a Dark Souls or for a – there are crossover things that, like, I don't know anyone in this space. I'm sure they exist. You don't have to write in. Though if you write in, you're listening to us, which means you are a part (laughs) of the same mainstream space to some degree. No one is fully detached from it. And so there's a lot of incredible creative people who are doing their best work. Four big, often faceless corporations lining the pockets and the coffers of those corporations, and whose work you, as a fan and a critic, want to uh, celebrate and do celebrate, yet also must tangle with the beast yeah. and the machine. Yeah, I could not quit my job today, or or decide that Waypoint only is covering alternative or independent, non-commercial games, and Waypoint yeah. would continue to exist. It would not exist anymore, partially because lots of our fans, many of whom are indie game creators are interested in our take on Sekiro, which is coming out in two months, yeah. or on Anthem, both of which are gigantic games being published by gigantic companies. Yeah, It is a, such an interesting moment in games because of that. And I don't know if that's going to change anytime soon because of the marriage that games have between technology and entertainment mm. industry.
0: Yeah, and you know, my one disappointment for the Humans Who Make Games podcast uh, is I really tried to find uh, somebody from like a AAA space who I could talk to. And yeah. it was just like, uh, you know, I think next season we're going to give it another whack because it's just hard to get through PR people. You yep, know, sure. um, I was like tangoing with a couple places, but I really want to talk to. Um, well, I won't say who, but I want there was someone I want to talk to who I knew from her. uh more indie, not indie, but I knew from her more like sort of auteur-y work where her name was associated with the work, and now sure. she's more with with a triple A place. And I was like, I just want to know what that's like, you know, to be to to make the transition from one to the other, and like, what is it like to work in that larger company? Because that's the story, you know. Uh, I had a blast talking to Derek, you and, and and McMillan, because it was you know very fun conversations and like really fun to hear about that, you know, how you go from. You know how how you like make a whole game all by yourself, but like, what is it like to work on uh, uh, you know, a, a Blizzard game? Actually, yeah. one of the people from Game Workers Unite uh uh did work for a uh AAA studio that we did not name, but okay. um, mm. we did get some of that perspective just in a very anonymous way. Sure. Um. So uh. But. But yeah, I mean. I, it's, it's just interesting. We don't we don't get that perspective that much of, like, here's what it's I, yeah. like to be in the
2: machine. You know, there's – you look at something like Ubisoft where 900, 800, 1,000 people work on a game. What is that experience like? You know, I know off the record from people, but I also know off the record from a handful of people, not from all 800 <laughs> and not from someone who has a perspective that connects different parts of those studios together. Like, there are so many stories to tell still about the way games come together, and I just hope we get to keep telling them.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah. Especially considering like the experiences of of now like so many different studios like geographically yes. making up one game mm-hmm. and like having the inaccessibility to some of those studios that are outside of the U.S. or outside of Europe or whatever um, is 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 a lot. And I, I mean, I, there has like there's a reason why it's difficult to get into those. There has to be.
2: The the one that comes to mind is, you know, you look at Jason Schreier's reporting on Rockstar mm-hmm. last year and even he was like, I have no idea what's up with Rockstar India. I cannot get anyone to talk to me about Rockstar yeah. India. Yeah. I don't know what the work is that is being done there. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, good question. I would love to know. Um, yeah, whereas
4: we know, like, specifically the QA is done in, in the uh, uh, one of the studios in Scotland, Scotland I, Scotland, I, think. I yeah. think. And then, like, th- they're very, you know, upfront about Certain things, which makes you question why they're not upfront about others like that. There is a lot of I can't help but to be, you know, cynical about yeah. the the, mis- the 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 unknown in game development. Yeah.
1: I, I would definitely agree. One thing I, I am curious about, and this is something I love to hear. I know we're we're probably wrapping up here, so this is this might be a big question and you can kind of like, you know, throw it back. Oh, sure. You can like do the tennis thing if it sucks. Ah. Uh, but <laughs> it, one thing I do like to ask creatives in general is how not to become cynical. How do you keep your joy? How do you keep interested in the work that you do even when you're working so hard? And not just work-life balance, but how do you stay Interested in the world, especially when you're working on a show that kind of uncovers some like really yeah. ugly truths about the world. Right? Well,
0: you know, I'm in a very privileged position because, uh, you know, I'm kind of the <laughs> luckiest person in America. I feel like because I because I create a TV show with my name on it that I have almost completely unfettered creative control over. Uh, you know, the only constraints are my own constraints and like. A half dozen conversations with the network, you know, and we're actually doing an episode. Our season finale at the end of the, it's going to come out in months and months, um, but is uh, called Adam Ruins himself. And we actually <laughs> the network went so far as to let me do a segment about the compromises that the show has oh, had to awesome. make with wow. advertisers in order to put the oh, show wow. on the air. Amazing. So we talked about we talk about the times that, you know, I've had to. Hey, this is a company that advertises in the network. And and, you know, but you're talking about them on the show and here's what has to happen. Right. So that's that's an incredibly lucky position to be in. And so all of my problems are like related to burnout and stuff like that. And even before that at college humor, you know, that was a little bit of a writer's paradise where not all your sketches got picked up, but once you wrote it and it was picked up, Hey, that was your, it got made. Yeah. It got made. So, you know, I haven't had the experience of working in a, in a place that's a grind where I don't get to put my own shit up and, and you know, which I'm sure is what it's like to work at many roles at vice or many roles at Ubisoft or whatever. Um, Uh, so that, I mean, I just try to make the very most of that, that I, that I can every day. Um, my overall perspective, you know, being that even though the show is so cynical, um, is, uh, or, you know, even though so many of the topics have a tendency to make you cynical is, uh, you know, ultimately I think the show is a very positive message that, like I said at the beginning, um, where it, you know, you are more empowered, the more, you know, it's always better to know and the show is driven by my own curiosity to find these things out so you know as long as i'm able to find amazement in the next topic i'm able to i'm able to keep uh going uh by the way can i talk about what the please. episode we have coming up Yes, it, please I, do. I i meant you pitched it to me I, and we've not gotten yet. we to have it. not gotten to Let's it yet do it. i just want to talk about it really quick yeah. the next episode if anybody is for people who are still tuning, i don't know what your graph looks like It of looks how good. it's people, good it looks it's not, not bad it's honestly not bad Oh, okay yeah. cool cool um so uh the so for everybody Tuning in uh, next Tuesday at 10 p.m. On True TV, uh, we've got... Uh, we're, wow. we're doing an episode called... We're, uh, the episode is called Adam Ruins Games. And I should have said that at the beginning. Oh, my God. Uh, it fits for you, right? Um, yeah. I, I really... Uh, uh, everybody in True PR is like, God damn it, just waiting for <laughs> hey, hour five yeah. to plug the fucking show. <laughs> uh-huh. um, it's called Adam Ruins Games. Uh, the three segments we're doing are... I just want to tell you guys about one of them because I'm excited about it. The first one is about... It's about violent video games don't cause violence, which is very... I'm sure you guys... Everyone... Yeah listening to this is on board. Uh but, but a broader audience. With yeah. a broader audience and sure. we totally we totally destroy that dude. Um, uh, no, it's it it is a very fun segment. But the second segment, um, I'm really excited about the history of Monopoly. Do you guys know the history of Monopoly? A little bit.
4: I do little, actually you do? You, you picked
0: like you a a, the one room of people who know this story. <laughs> God damn but it. Tell our audience
4: <laughs>
3: a li- Oh
0: no. <laughs> I just knocked the mic box off though. That's okay. so this, That's room. Fine. This, yeah. room this room has is an
4: punchy, energy We told you. Have oh. you ruined the mic stand? I only know I'm it. Can sorry. I tell you why I only know it? Because yeah. I had to take a games history class oh, Okay. So in this college. Yes. Yeah. So, of course, all you people took games history
1: classes.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, I teach one. Yeah, but tell it. People have taught it. Well, now I don't want it to cut Do you know it? Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. I
2: didn't to say I need you you DM me about it. You seem so excited. I I'm didn't. Right. I you didn't even want told to say, me not to do it. No, no. I was like, maybe it won't come up. I don't want to be the person who's like. So Adam DM me. I was like, what? what should we talk about? Like, I'm doing this episode. Adam ruins games. I'm like, oh wow, Adam ruins games. What are your stories? You're like, oh, Why, of course you okay, know all this. <laughs> you're like, oh, second Monopoly? Monopoly has an incredible history. I'm like, yeah. And, <laughs> but I didn't want to. But here we are. Our audience might not know it.
4: It is. It is. It, audience, is it is unknown.
2: It is an unknown. It is a. Well, you're the only audience for me in the room. Well, okay. <laughs> we'll we, we'll we can, react. We're actors. We do can it. do this. <laughs> All
0: right, we're in awesome. Is out. on
4: Disney Channel. Oh, yeah, I was on Disney. Okay. Danielle on, on Disney, Disney Channel. On Disney?
0: Do you want that or do you want uh, the third act is about the Olympics? Like, I gotta do the Olympics okay. instead. You prefer uh, the Olympics? Is it just like the Olympics are fucked? Is that the yeah? Story? Of course. <laughs> give, us, give us Monopoly. I okay. like that. Okay, the history of Monopoly. This is so. Uh, uh, okay. It's been a while since I took the exam. Yeah, I, so I bet I bet there's shit that <laughs> I got wrong. Okay. I didn't get
4: a hundred percent on that shit. So. Well,
0: okay. Here's how we pitch it: the 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 history Monopoly. Okay, first of all. Uh, one of my favorite we don't get into this in the show one of my favorite things about Monopoly is that all the house rules that everybody uses to play Monopoly with are uh, putting the money under go right Um, uh, and ignoring the auction rule you know the auction rule what is the
2: auction rule you don't know you actually don't know the auction rule (laughs) so the
0: auction rule is I remember reading the auction rule in the instruction book about being like weird nobody plays with that I guess I won't either the auction rule is if you go past uh, if if, uh, if a property if someone has the opportunity to buy it but either doesn't have the money or chooses not to buy it it goes up to auction right and everybody can bid on it That's this changes the, everything that's in it the really instruction does. manual what that's in the instruction manual and nobody does I have to it. call my lawyer I will be back <laughs> go go to your parent go to your yeah. parent's house look in the closet open the box look at in the instruction manual it'll have the auction rule in it right and it also won't have putting $200 under yeah, under, that part under, I under do. jail sorry under jail under, Yeah. Under, yeah. Under, I never do. that free under free parking uh, under free parking it's like oh okay. if you land on free parking take that money Mm. and so those two rules and elder house rules that people play with are exactly why the game is too long which is everybody's complaint everybody says monopoly is too long and because people don't play with the auction rule which means properties go up go out faster Mm. and you get it's easier to get the properties you need Mm -hmm. right um and because the putting 200 putting money under free parking causes uh, more money to slew us around causing the, the game to be longer so people's Dumb We've house ruined rules. Ruined people have people, ruined it. Yeah, and if you actually play, I have been—I've been with friends with that. Like, let's play Monopoly. I'm like, okay, but we're playing by the actual rules, and they're wow. like, no, Adam, no, I won't play with my fun house rules. I'm like, you're wrong. Let's play this way. And then at the end, they're begrudgingly like, okay, your ways. <laughs> uh, so that's the first thing. That's good. That's new. That's like new. That. The, we got a little the sound control in the room? control room. We got uh, I told you this room Control
1: room room haunted
2: (laughs) We usually have to tell their story We have to focus
1: Yeah, look at me Focus on me The second part Don't
2: watch the movie that is on TV That has the
0: audio There's a boob on screen (laughs) (laughs) It's Heather
1: Graham It's Heather Graham And there's a boob
0: Yep There's Heather Graham's boob on screen Uh, It's very strange Um, It's the hangover It's the hangover Got it it Ed Helms only has one tooth Okay Um So uh, the story about Monopoly is that the uh, the original version of Monopoly is called the Landlord's Game. It was created by this woman named Lizzie Magie, and it was created as a socialist teaching tool. Yes. And there were two sets of rules for the game. One is the set of rules that you know, which are you know basically the Monopoly that you grew up with. The other set of rules um, is uh, was called the, oh god damn it, I forgot the name of um uh, the, the there's a the Monopolist rules and the ugh, the other set of the rules. Um, and find, <laughs> find out on True. Left- TV. Exactly. Yeah. Find out, a find out on True TV, find out on True TV. Um the uh oh the prosperity rules is what they were called. Ah. And what that happened was when you got a property uh, or when you collected rent, you also gave some to other people, right? Mm. Um and the point was to show that private property and rent taking and the capitalist system leads to a condition in which one person wins and everybody loses, right? Right. Mm. That's what happens in the game. So that's what you it, that's what you observe, but if, under the prosperity rules everybody benefits, right? And all the boats rise together. Right. Um, um, and so it was intended as like a rhetorical teaching tool, which is really interesting because that's not, that is a style of game that has become in vogue in the last 10 years right. where people create teaching games. Let mm-hmm. me show you, uh, what was the name of the, uh, game where, you know, here's what it's like to be like a, a, a poor street vendor. You know what I mean? Uh, like oh. Cart life. Cart life. Yeah. yeah. Or like that sort of, you know, that yep. sort of slice of life game. Let me, let me show you how this, you know, you're now in this situation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, And, but then the game sort of became a folk game. Um, and was picked up by the, this dude named Charles Darrow who is credited as right. the inventor of Monopoly. He just was just like, oh, what's this game? Ooh, let me sell it to Parker Brothers. But he only sold the Monopolist rules, so he left out the other half of the teaching tool mm-hmm. um, and then that became the version which was popular. And Parker Brothers wrote Lizzie Maggie out of the history, right. which ultimately proved her point that in capitalism, one person wins and everybody else loses. She lost and he won. And he right? won. Uh, and this is this it? is what
2: Al Sayer means when he says that the system creates what what it needs to sustain itself. Only, only the, the monopolist version of that, that. And that becomes, it's still a teaching tool. That is the thing to remember. Yeah. It is still a teaching tool. It is just not one that is an explicit teaching tool. But when yeah. I am seven years old, desperate to beat my dad at Monopoly and prove <laughs> that I am an adult, even though I'm only yeah. seven, that I can run my own life, damn it. What I I mean is I can make money. I can make smart investments, et cetera.
0: Yeah. It's shark tank for kids, you know? Uh, And it, and it works, it works really well, but it's like very fascinating as this microcosm of the same point that it was, that it was trying to prove, you know,
4: how do how do you, how does the prosperity rules even end? Like, how do you get to, is there an end state? Is that the point that everyone is just like, we're happy.
0: I'm actually not sure. Everyone's
4: got money. I don't know. You took a class. I only did seven minutes of TV. (laughs) 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 <laughs> well, I for, did not remember prosperity rules the name. So clearly, we should get the game out and. and oh, I, mean, I, think, so good. I think you can actually. <gasps> it's, play. On it's on Switch. <laughs> no monopoly, not, oh, no. not monopoly. landlord but not the landlords
2: game. Sadly,
0: yeah. sadly
4: no, landlords. sadly not the landlords. Game. I just
0: love her as this prototypical like indie developer. That's like I want to teach people a, a polemical point with my uh, with my game design. Totally. that's. Because that was the birth of board games, you know, and and so it's, it was remarkable for someone to have. There were other board games. Board games were becoming a popular thing. But, uh, you know, it was her insight to be like, I'm going to use this as like an exemplary, you know, learning through game design is like a hundred
2: years ahead of its time. Yeah. Oh, it's totally.
0: so
4: rad. Shout out. So
1: Tuesday Shout at 10 out. on
2: True TV. Thank you, you so me.
0: much, yes. Adam.
1: Adam, I want. I want to give you the opportunity to plug anything else you want to plug. Plug time.
0: Okay. Uh, Twitch at twitch.tv slash Adam Conover. If you go to adamconover.net, you can see my upcoming tour dates, uh, which are going to be in cities all across the country. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Conover. And Humans Who Make Games, I'll just be tweeting. I'm going to tweet the link to that very soon, so you can go find that on my Twitter or just Google it. Um, It's also on IGN and Starburn's Audio. What is your Twitter? My Twitter is uh, Adam Conover at Adam Conover.
1: that's that's very good that you got that one yes smart and good thank, thank you, you so much thank for you for being here and me. being
0: awesome i'm just a fan and Aww. uh i think i'd have i think it would be fun to do this every day <laughs>
1: that would hell, be great. hell yeah well, come okay. on down and if that happens
2: <laughs> i bet we'd get a podcast studio. <laughs> yeah,
1: right? if you were here if you were here if you were. oh Ad, uh, not adam See I'm seeing Adam everywhere. I'm seeing your face everywhere, just like uh, Natalie did in LA. Austin, where can we find you online? At
4: Austin underscore walker.
1: Natalie, where can we find you online?
4: At Natalie Watson.
1: You can find me at Danielle R I. And you can, of course, listen to the beautiful track. You can learn more about the beautiful track you're hearing right now at waypoint.zone slash. Excuse me, not a dot, a slash. B-O-E-N. We're on Twitter at Waypoint. We're on Facebook at Waypoint Vice. We're on YouTube at Waypoint Vice. Thank you all, everyone, so much. Thank you again to Adam Conover for being here and not ruining Waypoint Radio. Appreciate that very much.
4: Wish you would. (laughs) (laughs) Open invitation. Yeah,
1: anytime. I'll come
0: come up with something scathing for next time. Thank you. That's
1: perfect. We appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. And I I would always remind you to be good and be good at it.
2: Peace. (laughs)